When it is bad, it is very, very bad. Now all I can see is chaos and confusion. The girl needs help. Mother may have other opinions of what looks best, but of course, mother has old-fashioned ideas. She has high standards for herself, and if she falls below them... I hardly know how to begin. It was the most horrible, horrible, horrible... It is a dangerous and complicated job. Please sit down a minute. Welcome back to Horrible Housekeeping. I hope you guys are having a good morning. I can't believe I forgot last week. I'm kind of glad that we've been having downloading issues with Apple Podcasts, so you probably will be listening to this after my first episode late. So I recorded and edited on time last week, submitted it, and then Apple Podcast was like, nope. <laughs> I finally got an email from them. And they're like, we didn't even see a submission. I was relying on Anchor to submit that for me. So I went ahead and found out how to submit myself. So hopefully by tomorrow, we will have these two episodes live on Apple Podcasts. So anyway, we've been having downloading issues there. But like I said, I'm kind of glad because I totally forgot to mention my jingle my cousin, Rene Marino, so I want to go onto his Instagram right now and tell you what his Instagram is. Okay, so it's Rene, R-E-N-E, X, Marino, M-A-R-I-N-O. If you find him, if you want a jingle done, if you need any sort of like editing done, things like that, he's awesome. He gets back to you. He works with you. If you don't like something, he changes it around with a good attitude. And so I'll always recommend my cousin for that. And I love my jingle. He got it done so quickly. Exactly what I wanted. I hope you guys enjoy it. I'm enjoying it still. And so I just wanted to give a little shout out to him. And I can't believe I totally forgot that last week. I was kicking myself all week. And I'm like, I definitely need to do that this week. But who cares? Because the episode didn't download, right? So anyway, hopefully Apple and I, you know, can hold hands soon. And I'm hoping that this podcast is what you needed. You know, just another clean, good Christian podcast just to listen to. It might be total nonsense sometimes, but I hope it's entertaining for you guys, especially while you're cleaning. I mean, that's my main thing. As a mom, when I'm cleaning the house, I need something keeping me busy and I love podcasts for that reason. So hopefully I'm helping you guys out by spending a little time here. This episode will probably be a little bit shorter um, than last week just because I'm not going to tell you extra stuff about me. But if you ever have any questions or ever want me to talk about any certain topics, go ahead and and reach out to me on, on any of my platforms. So I do have an Instagram account and a Facebook account for Horrible Housekeeping, and most of you guys are already following me on my other platforms. So yeah, reach out to me if you want. Also, if you guys want to be on, and if you have a topic to talk about, definitely let me know. I'm, I'm always up for, you know, hearing other people's sides of things and hearing what other women can share with other housekeepers, you know? All of us are little, little hashtag horrible housekeepers, okay? And, and we can all learn from each other. So without further ado... 
let us jump in. Did I say my name? Now I'm like backtracking. I'm Alexa, guys. <laughs> so if I didn't say that before, now you know. Let's just jump in to a housekeeping tip for today. It's going to be super, super simple. Like I said, I'm going to keep things simple because throwing too much at you, it's going to be overwhelming. And some of the stuff you guys probably already know, you're like, eh, I'm not a horrible housekeeper. Alexa. <laughs> so if you have that attitude, this is not going to be helpful to you at all, but I'm going to say it anyway. So cleaning the microwave, I don't know why I've been just, I have the hardest time cleaning my microwave regular, regularly. I was looking at my microwave today and I'm like, yep, that needs to be cleaned. It's been a mm, couple weeks now. You know how that goes. Um, I've always hated cleaning my microwave and I, I don't know what happened. I think I might have mentioned it on Facebook how much I hate cleaning my microwave years back. And one of my friends, Ruby, if you're listening, hello, she tagged me in something about, it's called an angry mama. And she's like, hey, Alexa, since you hate cleaning the microwave, maybe you should get one of these. I watched the infomercial on it and I was like, yep. And I bought it that same day because <laughs> it's this cheap little thing where it heats up the water that's inside of it and then soften just basically softens all the crud in the microwave so this is what you do you take the angry mama out you put water in her close the top put her in the microwave three minutes it softens all that crud in your microwave you take the angry mama out gently because it's hot and then you can just you simply wipe the stuff out of your microwave. So yeah, this isn't an infomercial, but I'm just saying this is one of those tips that I like to share with everybody. Like, hey, if you didn't, if you don't have one of these things, maybe you should get one. And if you hate cleaning the microwave, this makes it so easy. After putting my angry mama in the microwave, I literally can clean my microwave in like 30 seconds because all that stuff, I don't have to scrub anything. I just wipe everything down after that. And it's become less of a chore. So if you needed to hear that encouragement for cleaning your microwave, there you go. There you have it. Look them up. They're on Amazon. They should be, at least. That's where I bought mine. So I wanted to start a conversation with you guys. Something came up this week that really challenged me. I've been thinking really hard on it. And so while I bring up this topic, I hope you guys have your list done from last week. If you haven't already, sit down, make a list like we talked about. I hope while you're listening to this, you can get something on your list done for today and I can entertain you. Let's talk Enneagram. It's huge. It's huge now. And I know Rachel and I have gone back and forth on if we wanted to talk Enneagram on our Moms Out Loud podcast. And we continued going back and forth, back and forth because first we're not experts in Enneagram. And we kind of felt like we would do it a disservice. Also, like how much research we had to put into it if we were going to talk about it. So we just never did. And then what happened this last week was a friend that I have on Instagram posted about how she doesn't think that Christians should be into Enneagrams at all. So I just want to start this conversation with you because I am still kind of doing a tug of war, tug of war with this Enneagram, with the idea of should Christians be okay with the Enneagram or should they not even have anything to do with it? Let me just explain a little bit what an Enneagram is. When you first open up 
anything on Enneagram, you're going to see a diagram, okay? And it looks like a circle with a triangle inside. And then you're also going to see an irregular hexagonal shape in there as well. So it's a, it's a figure. And then it has numbers around it. And each number describes a type. And each person is a type. You have your primary type, but then you, all, you have your subtypes. Um, you have your wings. And so, and so that's what makes this, I'm going to say personality quiz different than all other personality quizzes you've ever taken before because it's so dynamic. You can't just label someone, oh yeah, you're intro. Oh yeah, you're an introvert. Oh yeah, you're an extrovert. No, there's so much more that goes into a person. And so when I was introduced to the Enneagram, it was in, when I was going through college to major in psychology, I was introduced to an Enneagram. And I was introduced to it as a tool. It dives way, way deeper than anything else. And it dives into, okay, are you, so say type one. Type one is the reformer. They are rational. They're idealistic. They're principled, purposeful, self-controlled, and perfectionistic. Now, not every type one is going to look the same. They're going to have different motivations for why they do these, the things that they do. They're going to have different wings on how they interact with people socially or how. So, and your wing is going to be the number on one side of you or the other side of you. So you can be a a type uh, one wing two, or you can be a type one wing nine. I hope this is all making sense to you. If you were looking at the diagram, it would totally make sense. So with that, say a type one wing nine, which is what I am and what I've been labeled as, I interact so much differently than a type one wing two, right? So I'm more of a peacekeeper because that's what a a type nine is. And I can go on and on and on about types and, and how they are in relation, relation to my husband's type and how we've worked through things because we don't always react to things the same way. And knowing our types had kind of helped in going, okay, this is why I react to this this way. And you react to this same situation in a different way. And so now that we kind of understand that, let's go into this together and be like, let's work together as a team to come up with a compromise of sorts. So kind of just a more complicated way on like just working out our, our differences and understanding each other. So is it really needed? You know, when... When my friend Courtney brought it up on Instagram, she was saying, hey, it's not just a tool. Churches are not now talking about it because they're dealing with it like it's a tool. Like I was taught, it's just a tool. It's like a personality quiz tool that you can use to get to know people better in your relationships and in teams. But the origins of it dive into mystical Judaism, Islam, Taoism, Buddhism, and ancient Greek philosophy. And it's a new, it's like this new age movement that's happening in our church that we're, we're just kind of accepting the Enneagram as a tool, but we're not really understanding the whole picture of it. So why were these numbers, numbers thought up? Why were these things created? And why, why is it so important to know a type and, and all this stuff? You know, why are we diving so far into this that it's become this huge hype? going on right now like it's it's the thing to know now nowadays and is it okay as a christian to dive in like the world does you know and that's a conversation that i wanted to start with you today 
I'm going to quote uh, one of the creators of the Enneagram. This is his quote here. We have to distinguish between a man as he is in essence and as he is in ego or personality. In essence, every person is perfect, fearless, and in loving unity with the entire cosmos. There is no conflict within the person between head, heart, and stomach or between the person and others. Then something happens. The ego begins to develop. Karma accumulates. There is a transition from objectivity to subjectivity. Man falls from essence into personality. After reading that, I was like, wow. So then this, these types were, were based off of, you know, a person that, that thinks these things. Um, definitely not a Christian Christian point of view at all. And what is the, the point of these types? You know, yes, we can use it as a tool. I found it helpful in my life, but could I have lived without it? Sure. Um, and maybe I should have. Since I went to a Christian university for college, I kind of feel like, why was this even, why were these ideas by these people even introduced in the first place? But isn't that with everything? You know, if you're going to stand against one thing, you kind of have to stand against all of it. And I feel like our world, you know, we are in our world. So we are in this world where we can't just see our, ourselves out of it completely. Uh, we see that with Christmas, right? We celebrate Christmas and most Christians I know put up a Christmas tree. And so it's, we can kind of have that argument where, well... <laughs> we're going to stand against this, we're going to have to stand against all these other things too that we have accepted from pagan things in the past. So that's kind of why I'm wrestling with this, you know, and even as a psychology major where I want to do therapy, I've had many Christians tell me that therapy has no place in a Christian life. And I honestly don't agree with that. And these things can work hand in hand. We shouldn't be scared of science and we shouldn't be scared of our brain and we shouldn't be scared that people are learning how to communicate better and know each other better and how can we work better together, you know, through, you know, the science of the brain, you know, and like understanding yourself is not as bad as you want want to place it. And I was talking um, to one of my friends about this. We have to think on Disney as well. Disney movies have witchcraft in them and many Christians don't stand against those. You have to go with what you know, you know, you can't know all everything, but once you are educated on a subject, you can't just be like, well, I'm going to just ignore that because I don't want to go with that, you know, and as, and as a Christian, am I being convicted to say, okay, but Enneagram goes deeper. We don't really need Enneagram. So why is it in my why is it part of my day? You know, why am I allowing these other religions through tradition or through like quote unquote tool? Why am I letting that come into my life when I don't really need it? And so I've been going back and forth, back and forth on this issue because everyone's convicted differently on, okay, am I not going to have a Christmas tree today? Am I going to leave out this tool since I'm using it simply as a tool? Is that a sin? Can I still use it simply as a tool, knowing the origin of it? Or should I let it go? Because now it's harmful. Now I know. And and you think about it too. If you take the Enneagram a little bit too seriously, it is very harmful. And you see that with a lot of things that the world, the ideas that the world has come up with. And with Enneagram, it's basically you're, you can get obsessed about your number. And you put yourself in a box. When in reality... 
you're supposed to be looking at the Bible for truth and you're supposed to be looking at how I should be no matter your type or no matter if you're an introvert or an extrovert. Are these personality quizzes, tools, are they holding you back from what God has for you? It's something that I've been thinking on, especially considering if I become a therapist later on in my life when I'm done homeschooling the kids and and I want to go back to school. Considering all that, are these tools going to be used in the counseling that I provide now? Am I going to look at a person and be like, hey, we need to know your type. We need to know if you're an introvert or an extrovert. We need to know how you guys work together psychologically. (laughs) Or will it be okay to simply say, this is what the Bible says. And this is your goal on what you should be doing. Let's talk about how we can get there. It's It's interesting. It's interesting because it is the age old argument on is psychology really necessary versus Christian counseling? This just made me dive farther into this as a Christian. What's needed? Are we going too far? Are we accepting the world when we shouldn't be accepting the world? This is just a conversation that I that I wanted to start with you. And I'd love for your, your guys' feedback on this. If you guys could message me, email me, talk to me on my platform. I'd love to just hear your input on it. And it's just something that I'm praying about. I am really just diving into origins of things and and growing as an individual on what I what I want to do. Not everyone's life is going to look the same as mine. Not everyone's convictions are going to look the same as mine at the same time even. And so something that I've just been thinking on is this Enneagram. And has it helped you? Do you not even know about it? Is this something that you're like, okay, cool, I'm going to stay away from that? Or, oh, now I need to know my type, you know? <laughs> so <laughs> I know I talked a little bit on this on my on Instagram, but it is just kind of interesting how things do seep into our culture. And as Christians, we just say, okay, we're cool with that. And I, I do think that there's a, there's a line. I mean, I know that we're not supposed, we're in the world, but we're not supposed to be of the world. And so there is this, this thin line where you can't just walk around being ignorant of all this stuff and being like, oh, well, that's, that's not, that's not Christianity. So I'm not going to know anything about that. I think that that's just naive. But in doing so, are we being grabbed? Are we being grabbed under and, and, and just following like sheep? Why am I, why am I doing this? Why am I taking up all my time doing this instead of just reading my Bible? (laughs) You know, so, so it's, it's interesting. It's just an interesting conversation to have. And I haven't lost any sleep on it. I, uh, it's one of those things that I could take it or leave it. But I am just praying about what is right for Christian. I love the conversation that started the other day. Uh, online after I, I posted in my stories about it. And, and yeah, I just love to continue that conversation for you today. And just, especially since, you know, sometimes even I even had a message from a mom that was like, I didn't even know what it was about. So thanks for filling me in. I'm going to stay far away from it. So just as moms and as, as housekeepers, 
just being informed yeah there's this big fad there's this big hype going on it's called the enneagram and and then you can form an opinion on that so hopefully that was helpful for you today before we end the show i just wanted to share with you just a little bit of encouragement on how i'm you know bettering myself as a wife and as a mom and i've been reading this a woman after god's own heart with my bible study group the last week was about how we can love our husbands better. And I I want to say, these chapters are super convicting to me. Sometimes I'm like, okay, lady, you are off your rocker, you know, because it is kind of an old school kind of way of thinking. But I think that that's so good because I think we've gotten so far away from old school marriage and it's not always healthy for our families to get away from that old school marriage type idea, you know? So I love how she just brings us back to basics. So something that I was really convicted on was staying off my phone when my husband's home. Super convicted on that. And because sometimes, and and just the atmosphere when he walks in the house, I, I didn't get up and greet him. I was on my phone. I was like, hey, what's up? Just a totally California girl thing. Hey, what's up? what up dude you know like (laughs) who am I greeting and I don't look up from my phone I don't look up from what I'm doing sometimes I'll be like oh hey how was your day but am I really even looking at him and not that that happens every day but I was very convicted on just how my husband comes home from work even if I've had a bad day when he gets home as my husband he's my friend I love him and I should be like hey babe what's up? And he instantly can walk into an atmosphere that's like a clean house, a chipper, you know, sort of atmosphere where people care about him and love him and actually care that he's there, that he's home and that I'm not on my phone. Like when he's talking to me and he goes, are you paying attention? (laughs) That he doesn't even have to ask me that. Just when he arrives home, you know, just being more aware of, okay, I don't need to be on my phone right now. And my husband's home. I want to greet him, show him that I love him, show him that I care. I was super convicted on that this last week. And so I just wanted to share that with you guys and encourage you that if you're having, if you're having little tips with your husband, you know, on little things, maybe just looking at the bigger picture and being like, okay, what was the source of that issue? Was it because I was on my phone (laughs) and I wasn't paying attention? Or is it because he feels like he's not loved or cared for when obviously he is you're doing everything for him you're cleaning the house you're taking care of the kids obviously shouldn't he know but your attitude what is your attitude how are you showing it to him through you know your words and your attitude that you still love him you know anyway I hope that that helped you um, and encouraged you and maybe that's something that you can do for your husband as well here's the cool thing about putting your husband first even when you're tired and you're busy and you're like, I don't have any more energy to give to anybody. The minute you put in 100%, they start going, oh, oh, maybe I'll do that for her too. (laughs) Marriage is hard. And so God just gives us these little blessings through each other. And it's just amazing. So anyway, I hope you guys got some cleaning done this, this hour and you were encouraged. And I hope we can continue our conversations off the air.
<laughs> and I will be back next week with more news, more encouragement, and more housekeeping tips. Bye. When it is bad, it is very, very bad. Now all I can see is chaos and confusion. The girl needs help. Mother may have other opinions of what looks best, but of course, Mother has old-fashioned ideas. She has high standards for herself, and if she falls below them... I hardly know how to begin. It was the most horrible, horrible, horrible... It is a dangerous and complicated job.